Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. I decided to start something new. This is Tiffany. I'm here for it. It's Mandy. <laughs> hey guys. But you know my you know my memory of Mandy. That's like I'm never gonna remember that song again. People are like, oh, I like that. I'm like, girl, it's gone already. It's gone. <laughs> you know, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> a minute ago, you said you liked my top my song. I think that it keeps you fresh. <laughs> keeps us on I've our got, toes. I feel like I have the mem- remember Dory from um, Finding Nemo. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah, that is that I am I am Dory from Finding Nemo. I'm like, wait, what? Oh hey. Turning around. Oh hey. <laughs> How was your weekend? Weekend was good. Weekend was good. We had, you know, we had a little run in with a with a really mean German shepherd, and now my poor dog is traumatized. So we're we're working through it. She is it's so sad. What can you know, they're just like humans, a little bit dogs. You know, she had this German Shepherd came at us when we were on our walk. We walk past this house all the time, but this was the first time this idiot homeowner had the, the fence open and this massive dog came barreling out. And it was too late. I couldn't do anything. She went right for Molly. And um, Molly seemed fine for the first couple of days. And then ever since, you know, last, I don't know, Monday or something, the poor girl has not wanted to leave our front yard. And she just shakes and she quivers. And we've just had to – I've been working with her um, slowly but surely to, like, come over this fear of – and I've been, we've been watching a lot of, like, don't laugh at me, a lot of rerun – like, old episodes of The Dog Whisperer. From, was so useful. Also, if you have a dog – I. I just found the episodes. We've been like binge watching <laughs> a dog's whisperer, wow. like 2004 episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good stuff. But did it, did, the dog didn't bite her, did he? No, it didn't. I mean, it, she, the owner ran out and called her off quickly. And I was really, I mean, I was more afraid for Molly. I just got the hell out of there. I, we were, I wasn't really thinking, oh, I need to like get a report, you know, talk to this person. I just want to get my dog out of there as fast as I could. But I was, you know, looking back, he didn't even apologize. He just called the dog off and they, you know, they went away, which is honestly what I wanted them to do, which was like get away. But um, I don't know. I'm, I've been thinking about what to do. She didn't bite Molly. She didn't bite me. But she would have if he hadn't called yeah. her off because um, she was starting to go for Molly's, like her, her neck. Her leg. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So my poor puppy. She's been through a lot, but she's she's good. We've been using a. I was gonna do my brown my brown boost for. I'll go ahead and say it now though. I, we've been using this app called Wag W A G. If you guys have a dog and you're wondering, or you don't have a dog like I didn't have a dog, and you're wondering how can I possibly, you know, have a dog when I work all day long, and you know how can I afford a dog walker or whatnot? 
we decided to start using this app called WAG, which is basically like dog walking Uber. So you you create a schedule, you know, do you want to be, do you want to walk tomorrow? Do you want to walk every Monday through Friday, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then what time do you want it? And then WAG has this like concierge service where they go and find a vetted, interviewed, you know, um, dog walker in your area to take your schedule. And That's awesome. Yeah, I was a little nervous because it's not like Uber because it's a little bit like Uber. I mean, you're, you are trusting a stranger with your life in a car, but to have someone, you know, come into your house and then trust them with your dog, I definitely checked into how they vet their dog walkers. And most of the do- all the dog walkers have actual experience either dog walking or as, as an uh, animal shelter volunteer or something like that. Okay. And I believe WAG will give you – and this is not this is not a promotion. Like I don't make any money off this. I'm just saying. WAG will give you like a WAG lockbox where you can leave the key to your house. But we have like a electronic door uh, code thingy where okay. we created a special code for dog walkers. So okay. when he arrives, we know that he's arrived because he's used a special code and that's how he gets in. And But it's been really good. I mean I met him in person the first time he walked her and then he's he's ended up being super nice and he's walking her every day. And, and the funny thing Aww. is like – yeah, when your when your wag walk stop starts, you get like app alerts. And so the first day it was like Molly pooped. Wanna see where? <laughs> <laughs> Molly oh my God. Molly peed. Open up the wag app to see. <laughs> and, and then you can <laughs> That's like actually really cute. Yeah. So it's great. And then I and then I feel I don't feel so bad leaving her at home because I know she's gonna get like a thirty minute walk in the middle of the day and we don't have to rush home, you know, worried about her having an accident so that's what that's what that's what dogs do i forgot that like that's what's so hard sometimes about having a dog is that you you have you can't leave them home for too long because they are going to have an accident oh yeah for sure we had we only had one accident so far and it's because we were just gone too long and oh i didn't mention the price so the price of walking molly in my neighborhood was 17 dollars per walk okay okay that's pretty good not terrible especially when you you know consider how much they're getting vetted and that it just gives me peace of mind so I'm I'm a happy camper. Hey okay. Wag, you want to sponsor the show? Hey, holla! <laughs> <laughs> you might hear a little bit of noise in the background. I'm in I'm in your old stopping ground, Jersey City. What's even in my old city? <laughs> well, um, so for those of you who follow me as a budgetista, you know, like my um, and I know Mandy, you've been like seeing all my ads, but um, my online school, the Literature Academy, actually today is the day if you're listening live uh, or listening like you know when we, this goes live the first time, that um, the Academy is opening back up for registration. We've been closed for a couple of weeks because um, I just wanted to make it better. You know, like I, I've been trying to struggle with, you know, what do people really need, you know, when it comes to their personal finances. And I realized that everybody wants financial freedom. So I really worked really hard with some experts to create something called this financial freedom plan. And it was, took a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money. So as a result, the academy, I have to increase the price <gasps> times three. <laughs> I know. But here's the thing I actually don't feel bad about it because one, I am giving people one last chance to lock in um, at its current rate, which is $9.99 a month. So like 10 bucks a month, which honestly, it's nothing. And all my business colleagues and my business coach and everyone's like, you're crazy. But it was only supposed to be for six months, three months later, we're, three years later, we're still at like 10 bucks a month. And so really, the academy is going to go to $29.99 a month. But um, I also know that some people can't afford that. So I said to my team, we're going to do one last kind of like registration push. And um, the way what I've always hated, like, you know, because you heard Netflix is going up in price, right? Oh, they are again. Mm. I always feel like this, that like 
if I am a loyal customer, why do new people get better prices than me? I mean, I, I know why, but I just feel like that's not fair. So we want to do the opposite. So if you are a current um, Academy member, you will always pay $9.99 a month. And if you sign up um, now for this last kind of like, um, this is our last registration where it's going to be $9.99 a month. You will always be that even after it goes to $29.99 a month, even after we upgrade to the Academy 2.0 with the financial freedom plan, even 10 years from now, if the Academy is a hundred bucks a month, let's just say. So it's kind of my way to say, if you invest in yourself, I really feel like you should be rewarded for that. And if you're loyal, I feel like you should be rewarded for that. So I'm super excited. We're taking like a limited number of students. I always try to keep the Academy fairly small because we have about, um, maybe like 17,000 students, but there are 700,000 dream catchers. So we typically keep registration um, pretty small because I really like that people get individualized attention because we've got a ton of um, experts and, and instructors, about 50 of them. And I want people to be able to ask the questions and get them answers. So if you're interested um, and you're listening, you can go to join lra.com, join with an L, then R, then an A.com for Literature Academy and lock in your rate at $9.99 a month because when the price goes up, I don't want to hear no complaints. I feel like I did all that I could to get everybody in at a super discounted rate. I think that's more than fair. Yeah, I think so. I got a statement from a credit card company that was like, oh, we're increasing your rate because you've been a customer for 20, not 20 years. Okay, you've been a customer since 2007 and everyone has a higher rate than you. So we're going to ratchet that up. And I was like, that's what? <laughs> Honestly, I don't think that's right. Honestly, I really, I mean, I get it because I get it. As a company, you have to make money. You have to pay staff. You have to, so, and inflation dictates that you have to charge more. But I feel like there has to be a better way. So I'm really trying out a different business model, which is, one, reward people who invest in themselves early, reward people who take advantage of like, you know, good deals. And then not to say we're punishing um, new new students who sign up later, who, 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 who like don't catch the deal. But, you know, it's like, OK, you know, you had plenty of time to lock this in. So anytime after that. So the, the um, we're going to only have registration open just for a few days and then we won't open it back up again until like April or May. And by then it'll be the upgrade 2.0 Academy and it'll be the the new price of twenty nine ninety nine a month, but I don't feel like that's a punishment because honestly, even that's low in comparison to what we're what we're um what you're getting at the Literature Academy. It's like a I feel like the academies right now is like a library of really dope classes and courses. Um, and then when we upgrade to the 2.0, it's like the library on top of that, it's also like this GPS system that we've created that walks you step by step, hand holding you to financial freedom. Like you know, if financial freedom means time with the kids, it means not working past 45. If it means having $300,000 saved, whatever that looks like for you, we want to create like a personalized plan and help you automate it and help you like achieve it. Because I always feel like what I'm working on for myself, I want for other people around me. So we're excited about this new shift. Um, I don't know, like, honestly, like, it's a really exciting time because it's like, I don't know that there are other online platforms that are dedicated to their your members the way we are. I mean, we go above and beyond. Like I'm in Jersey City because I actually flew out half my team to help make sure that tomorrow when we reopen the doors that there are no issues. I have my tech support here. I've got my marketing person here. I've got everyone's here, like customer support is here. Everyone's here to make sure that when the doors open, well, not tomorrow, like those of you that are listening, it's today, but um, that there's no issue when you go to join LRA to sign up. Um, yeah, so hopefully I'll see you inside the Academy. I know most of you are, many of you are, um, are members already, but it's just like, it's exciting to meet you guys in person and hear all the amazing stories of transformation. 
Like, listen, I still pay for the subway, even though they never, they always increase their rates and never improve service. So at least you are improving something. Did you see this story, though, about like Becky from Full House and Felicity Huffman from Desperate Housewives? Like, they were arrested. I didn't realize they were arrested, arrested today and charged with paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes to cheat their daughters into college. This is crazy. Let me read the story from USA Today. So they report that they were charged along with nearly 50 other people in the scheme, which wealthy parents allegedly bribed college coaches and insiders at college testing centers. We need to have Lynette Califani Cox on the phone for this because, first of all, she has made a career out of talking about how she gets her kids so many scholarships and doing it the right way. Anyway, so 50 parents – um, scheming college coaches and insiders at college testing centers to help get either, get their children into some of the most elite schools in the country. Um, that is insane. I mean, I you know, I just want to be like, is it that serious? I guess so. I mean, they were they were like paying people to take SAT tests for them. They were paying people to like put on their um, applications that they were co- like uh, recruited for athletics. So they would get treated differently through the application process. Uh, apparently so. I just feel like, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, it just doesn't seem, because what are you really teaching your kid? Like, hey, you know, if you don't have the grades, if you don't have the aptitude, how are you going to survive at Princeton anyway? You know what I mean? No, that's true. That's very Thank true. Because you. you're, I mean, I, I'd be curious to see this all happen. Like, I think it's the report says in 2016, um, some of these parents, including Full House Becky, was Full House Becky. Come on, oh, Becky. I know. <laughs> um, anyway, they say that they this all happened in like 2016. So I wonder, like, are the kids in the schools now? Do they get taken out? I know. And I'll just but what are you really teaching your child? That's why, you know, they grow up to be like the current presidents of the United States, I guess. But this all I goes you- back to like. I mean, not just all goes back, but so many parents today are just the amount of money pouring into children for like education. And especially, I mean, this isn't necessarily about college, but like even at the primary school, high school level, like in cities like New York, where parents are shelling out tens of thousands of dollars a year just for like public school or a private school, but like an education where, you know, it's just very competitive. Um, And there's like, there's this desperation to get the best for your kid. And I can almost see how parents just take it like way too far. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it just, they just do because here's the thing. I mean, they've shown over and over and over again that, you know, um, success really comes from like, you know, integrity. I guess it depends what you define success as, you know, that like true success, like, you know, like feeling like ownership. Um, and pride and, and, you know, what you've accomplished doesn't come from cheating your way to the top. Because here's the thing, you know, I know a ton of people who have all this accomplishments and all this money and all this, this, but they're not particularly happy. And I guess it's like, is that really success? I don't know. It just seems like all too much. And I'm not going to lie, though. I went to Westfield High School, which is predominantly not Brown Ambition School. We'll just say that. And I remember um, uh, Lisa, my baby sister, was telling me that um, they were talking about privilege, um, in school, I forget what class it was. And he said, stand up if you've never had your parent call and get a grade change for you. And Lisa stood up like, okay, all of us. And she was the only one, the only one. And he said, Lisa, please thank your parents for me. Every single student. I didn't even know that existed. Mm-hmm. The parents called in, you know, called the principal, called the super, called this, called my child is not getting this grade. Da, 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 da. Like that just seems, that was mind boggling to me. 
that like, and it just set the tone for like, oh, so y'all in here just getting these inflated fake grades while I'm over here busting my behind, but then you want to tell me I need to be in a slow class or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, honestly, it's an egregious use of privilege. Well, I wonder, I just wonder what happens to the kids and like how, if they knew what was going on, if like, what, I mean, how furious would you be if you found out your parents uh, did something like that for you and then jeopardized your reputation? I mean, that's, that's just sad, so... Yeah, that is your um, that is your flash headline update of the evening. What else has been happening in in the world? Um, there was uh, I can't even. It was a story, but I, I'm I'm. It's like about a, a basketball player, and it's like how fans have been like so racially charged toward them, and how I think one of the I forget the name. I was like, oh, I just had it in front of me, but he I guess he fought back, and they're trying to like attack him. They're like, yeah, but what about the fans? That you know, this one fan and his wife told him. Um, get on your knees like you used to or something like your people used to or something like that. I just, I know. And, and so he was like, I guess this particular basketball player, of course, I can't remember his name. I can't find him. I think, is it, darn it. Yeah. I can't find. I just think that like, yeah, I just think that like, I don't know that when it, when people are, what I just learned is that when people on the spotlight, the spotlight could just be so Cruel. People think they can say whatever they want to you, and God forbid you say or do anything back. Then all of a sudden you're unprofessional. I wonder when did that become the rule that the public at large is allowed to be abusive, but a company or an individual in the spotlight cannot retaliate or say anything back. I think that that's just unfair. That's why, honestly, my block game is strong. If you say something even a little bit sideways to me, because I, you know, I'm not. It, in in this screenshot culture, I'm not gonna um, clap back so you can screenshot and be like, look what Tiffany said, you know. So instead, I'm like, well, you'll just be blocked from everything. I will block you from the email list. I will block you from the Facebook group. I will block you from everything. You won't get any more resources from me, Mama. Not talking to me crazy, and then hit me later. Like, I'm so sorry. You know, times I've gotten that people talk crazy and then they say they're so sorry. I'm like, yes, you are sorry. Block, so you can't contact me this way either. People have actually started new emails or new Facebook pages or new Instagrams to tell me, please let me back in. No, because now you're just, you're, just, you're showing me displays of crazy on top of meanness. Did I, so, mention, yeah. did I mention way back when when I had a candidate apply for a writing job and then didn't get the job and then yes. just lambasted us on Greenhouse or not Greenhouse, um, Glassdoor? Dot com and like wrote this really sp- very specific review of the interviewing process, very negative review. It's so much so specific that you can easily like I could easily tell who it was, you know, <laughs> even though it was anonymous. And then recently she applied for another job here. No. And I'm just like the audacity. Yes. When I saw her <laughs> resume come through, I'm like, where, what, 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 what? You know, oh, so I know that the player's name is Russell Westbrook. Sorry. Utah from the Utah Jazz. Oh, okay. Um, hey, Russell. But yeah, but yeah, it's just. But can you imagine? But it's it's it seems to me that it's people like that that you know it's like you pay money to come to the game, you apply for a job here, you say all this crazy stuff, and now you're back. What? It's to me maybe it's just a, li- a a level of like mental instability or something like that. But like I said, I honestly can say that I do not engage. Um, every once in a while, I'll be a little bit petty and I'll send them a heart and then block them so that way they're like, oh, I got a response from her. Oh wait, I can't see it. <laughs> But like, that's as petty as I get because I'm like, girl, I don't have time for this. But yeah, I just, I mean, there's people who deserve a negative reputation and people calling them out for it. But I feel like, you know, everyone has haters and especially as you start to like build your business or you become a, you know, more successful in your career. And, and I found this to be true, like for myself, 
I piss people off regularly. You know, it's just part of the job. Sometimes you have to give feedback that's critical. You have to um, drop people from the team who aren't contributing. You know, holding their weight, and you have to mentally prepare yourself for the backlash. Like I've had, I've had freelance writers um, threaten my life, threaten to like what? come. Yeah, I've had people tell me that I'll be sorry forever. Um, uh, cutting them from the our freelancer team. Like there's there's one every six months, like a crazy person who comes, and or ones that have tried to post publicly about working with us and say things that aren't true about working with us. And I've always had to just shut up and never. And this is as, this is as much as I've ever said about any of this ever happening because I know if I say something, I don't want to jeopardize myself with my with my company. And also, I I know the truth, which is that if you ask the whole of our um, the people who work with us, or if you ask the uh, the person, every person I've worked with in my career, on average, you would get a positive experience. Yeah, there'd be a couple of negatives because that's just life. Um, but if on the on average you have you know great experiences and you're fair and ethical and you treat people right, then all this like the negative will just get faded out. And like you'll see people that we have worked with us and with me who have come to our defense when they've seen yeah um, criticisms like that and. So I think the high road, like when they go low, we go high, Michelle Obama, right? Like that's the only way you can, that's the best way, even though it's frustrating and like really hard sometimes to just zip your lips and just let the haters shout and yell. No, no, I agree. Honestly, I feel like my job is always to make a liar out of the hater. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, okay, if one person says something so terrible and I've had, I remember one time somebody was mad at me. I don't know. Something was posted in the Dreamcatcher group and it, she posted something and it was deleted, but it wasn't me. Cause hello, I've got like 15 admins. So, but it wasn't, it wasn't finance related. It was about like a, her Thailand trip. I don't know, something petty. So she went on, I didn't know, but she herself was like a businesswoman. And I think, I don't know what she taught, but she, you know, she had a pretty decent following. So then she went on her personal Facebook page. And this is meanwhile, like the day after I had my fibroid surgery. So I wasn't even like on Facebook. I wasn't, it wasn't until actually Tila, you know, one of our, our, our great, awesome financial friends was like, uh, someone is posting about you and it's pretty nasty. Are you like, what happened? And I'm like, uh, Tila, I'm in the hospital, like recovering from fibroid surgery. I, I didn't do anything. Are you sure it's about me? She's like, she didn't say my name, but she was like, mm, the way she described you is pretty specific and it's very obvious that she's talking about you. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went to read it and I was like, so disheartened because this, it was a, it was a woman who had like a dope business and she seemed like, you know, like another sister and the fact that she was like dragging me and literally I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm in the hospital. I don't even know. I don't know what the post was, but does it warrant your, your post about Thailand being removed from a Facebook group, does it warrant this public like dragging? I just remember thinking like, wow. But what I really loved was in the comment. I mean, there are some people in the comments who are like, sis, she jealous of you. Because, you know, they didn't know me. They didn't know who she was talking about. They were just in general. Sis, people be jealous of you, sis. You know, and then, but then people who knew like, are you talking about Tiffany? Wait, Tiffany is, a, I would say, you know, Two thirds of the comments were like, girl, are, are you crazy? Like, that's not Tiffany. Like, are you sure? One, you know, she's got a, a team of admins. And maybe if you would have written her personally, you wouldn't have had all of this. So it was just great to see how many people came to my defense because what she's saying just wasn't true. And the fact of the matter is, literally, I had no idea. And then I was going to actually reach out to her and say, I'm so sorry you had a negative experience. But then I thought about it and I thought, Tiffany, this is a poisonous, cancerous person. What? Because and if someone would do this over a Facebook post about Thailand being deleted, 
why would I want to make any sort of connection? So honestly, I didn't say anything. I didn't comment. I didn't anything. I didn't. She eventually reached out to me and email and messaged me. I didn't reply because I was like, yeah, I'm good on cancer, you know. And so I've just learned that, like, you know, sometimes people do things like that, and it's really. It's unfortunate, but, you know, eventually it dies down and everybody goes back to their corner and some other drama picks up again and somebody else can focus on something else. But I just remember, honestly, more than anything else, feeling hurt because I had like, you know, when I looked at her business and like started to I, I admired her business and I thought like, wow, but like, look, you know, she's got a lot of time on her hands eventually, you know, apparently to attack over a Facebook post. I just thought to myself, there's something not right there. There's something unhappy there because I can't imagine myself. I've been in plenty of Facebook groups where my posts have been removed, I guess. Um, and it doesn't, you know, my reaction was never to like drag and attack another person. I've never dragged and attacked another person on, I mean, maybe the president, but I mean, he deserves it. But, you know, <laughs> even that I just even that like, I mean, the Internet, I just I don't know. I'm just I've I feel like everyone a lot of people are like posting less these days. And part of me is like, first, the fear around you just you hear people getting fired over their tweets that they wrote yeah. years ago. And I'm just like, for my own self preservation, mm -hmm. I just don't feel like it's worth it to to post or to tweet, you know, everything that I feel about something. And yep. a lot of people are doing it because you get addicted to the feedback and the likes and the retweets and stuff. Yes. And I just I let that go. Um, but anyway, like the high road is usually the best way. And, and you if you know who you are, than pissing people off every once in a while. It's just par for the course, man. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. We have just a little bit of time to take a question. You want to take at least one? Yeah, let's take one question. We've got a good one. Let's see. Does she want us to use her name? She doesn't say. Okay, so I'm going to call her out. Her name is, oh, this is a pretty name, Artesia or Artesia. Mm -hmm. um, Artesia says, hey, Tiff and Mandy, your show is a godsend. Aw, thank you for sharing your experience. And she, her, this is her question. Artesia says, I'm a black woman. I'm a black young woman who's quickly approaching 30. And I want to know what's the best way to deal with the hurt and anger from noticeable special treatment when it comes to career development given to other non-brown colleagues in corporate America? Best regards. Ooh, good question. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing that is so hard to say out loud. Yeah. To anyone who to anyone who's not also a person of color, because you know, even if they're not saying it, they're thinking, Well, how do you know that 
other non-brown yeah. people are getting special treatment. Like, do they just work harder than you? Uh, yeah. This is the reason why I ha- I'm so grateful for the Slack group that I'm in. Um, I went to this – I have a group of friends who are also in the uh, media professionals, managing teams, and we started this Slack group, and it's all people of color, and it is where I go to vent about exactly this. Okay. Um, things that you can't control. Like I can't – you know, in your position, walking into your boss's office and claiming that they're being – they're giving special treatment to people uh, of other genders or other races um, is probably not going to do anything for you. Maybe the truth. But it may hurt you in your career. Yeah. So I use this group as a sounding board. So my first piece of advice is to create a little, even if it's just three people, you know, four or five people, group, get a group text, get a Slack group, get an email chain going and just vent things out and then ask them what they might do and get their advice. And especially if they're people in a similar field as you, they'll have more specific guidance um, for someone in your situation. Yeah. Honestly, I don't even have any. Advice. I mean, I'll, I'll share this, that um, I was working with a brand uh, a little while ago and um, they didn't want to pay me. They said my rates were too high. And thankfully, I knew someone who was familiar with that brand and like worked with them. And um, she asked them straight up, are Tiffany's rates higher than the white guys you pay with less of an audience? And there was a lot of stuttering. They're like, no, no. Has she outpriced herself from what? Because, you know, that's reasonable. And the answer was no, that my rates were not higher than the white guys. And I generated more buzz, more feed. Like my, my return was larger. So what are you saying? And sometimes it's just so frustrating because you're just like, so I'm like, well, bruh, like, honestly, take it. Here's the thing. It's analysis. It's one of the reasons why I structured my business in the way that I have, where it's more B2C than B2B. So B2C is business to consumer versus business to business. Meaning like I serve dream catchers. I serve dream builders. I serve women, largely women of color. And that's where the majority of my income comes from on purpose. So when a brand tries to get cute, like, bro, you hit me in my inbox. I was always good living my best life, helping dream catchers live their best life. You came to me saying, hey, want some of that black girl magic, but don't want to pay for it. Yo, it's so frustrating. And so sometimes you're just like, because like, honestly, it's one of like, you know, we have like, uh, y'all know that we always talk about FinCon. That's like the financial bloggers conference that me and Mandy um, used to go to. And I mean, I mean, I, I guess I'll still go eventually. But anyway, but I remember just being so frustrated and listening to like our white colleagues talk about all of the brand money and sponsorship, this and that. And they didn't even have half the audience. And I'm just like, yo, not not even half the engagement. Now, you know, it's so frustrating when you know what it is, but God forbid you should say something that it's like you're the mad black girl. And honestly, I don't honestly I don't know the solution. Um, for me, the solution has just be for me it just became creating an environment for myself where I can succeed um, and trying not to focus on when you know those things happen. And honestly, these days, like I've told so many brands to kick rocks, I'm like, oh, okay, well go go get um such and such then who doesn't deliver. But, you, but, he, but he wants full price. And then they always come back. Oh, Tiffany, no, you're either going to pay or go because the truth is I don't need it. You know, like I created a, a life for myself where I can tell you to kick rocks. I don't need it. You know, like it's great working with brands, but it is not my bread and butter on purpose because you're not going to be able to, to tell me what I'm worth. I tell you and you either pay it or you don't pay it. And it sucks when you're in corporate America because you can't always do that. Um, but like I think, like Mandy said, it's having a support group and 
and asking advice to people who are in that situation, the circumstance, because I feel like I'm too rebellious. I'm like Nat, Nat, Nat Turner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, being 30 and working for pe- and feeling like you're in a position where so much of your career success is dependent on other people, that yeah. freaking sucks. And I think a lot yeah. of people can relate to that. Um, I as quickly as I could, that's, I don't, I don't think I knew it instinctively or the reason I was pushing so hard to advance my career. So I was in a position of authority quickly or more quick than I might've been if I had stayed where I was. Um, But I think that is what it comes down to. At a certain point, I would, I just wanted to have the power to not only, to not only steer my own destiny in my career, but also to help others and to be in a position of power so I could turn around and help people like you um, or at least uh, break down some of those barriers or be an additional person of color at the table making those decisions. But you say specifically, um, Artesia, that um, there's noticeable special treatment when it comes to career development um, at your workplace. I would say as much as you can, get around the barriers. So if there's a special development, career development fund that you have access to, but you feel like your other colleagues in the office are getting recommendation letters from people or getting more support finding opportunities, you may have to do the extra groundwork and just start looking for career development opportunities for yourself outside mm-hmm. of the organization. You know, I've done that. I've done a couple of leadership development institutes that have been super helpful for me, did not come from my HR team. Um, and, you know, you could do that. You could get mentors, um, ask specifically people in your company to mentor you, even if they're not offering it. You know, force them to tell you, instead of telling yourself a story about way that, why they may not be mentoring you, you know, suck it up and just ask them point blank. You know, will you mentor me? I see myself going here. Will you give me guidance? Don't give them an opportunity, you know, to ignore you um, is, a, is a bit of advice there. And if it really is like a toxic environment, do what you can to get the hell out. You're only 30. You know, yeah. You can you can pivot, pivot, girl. Yeah. <laughs> pivot Don't somewhere else. Don't listen to me. See, I'm I'm like revolt. I'm like Mandy has very good advice. Follow that. <laughs> well, I mean, you need to get paid. You can revolt, yes. but revolt strategically. Um, yes, revolt exactly your way out of there. Um, you know, if you want to launch a business, you can't do that. You know, on a whim. You have to also plan your exit from corporate America too. So take your time, hang in there, create your create your own little group of support to vent to as well. And thank you for your question. You guys can hit us up at brandambitionpodcast.com with your questions. Hit ask us anything or email us directly at brandambitionpodcast at gmail.com. It's time for wins. Wins for Wednesday. What's well, your win? we stopped doing wins, though. Oh, that's right. I don't know why my – yo, honestly, I don't – brown break, brown boost. <laughs> you know what it is? I think that – I feel like earlier you said that you were going to do a brown break, and I just thought to myself, I like – I equated that to a win, and then I was like, wins. Anyway, dollar little bag, brown break, brown boost, but I know you said you were going to do a brown boost, so boost it up. <laughs> I, I'm going to use my boost. My boost is the WAG app for you dog owners out there. And I'm going to save my other boost. I want to do a special episode in, in the coming weeks on how your car is making you go broke. Because this is something that I know Tiff and I have talked about how, you know, Superman had auto debt and wanted to like buy a brand new truck or whatever and, 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 and wanted you to co-sign his loan. But I have statistics. We recently did a study at Lending Tree of auto loan debt in America. And this is my theory. I feel like people could really have, they could live debt free, they could save for that vacation, they could afford anything if they just paid off their car and had no car note. And I've got the stats I want to share in an episode next week. Um, And we'll 
I want to dedicate a whole show to talking about auto loans and how crazy they crazy out of control they've gotten. And I'll keep okay. it to you now. No, I love that. So honestly, my win is going to be what I said earlier today too. Um, just one last chance to lock in the Literature Academy at super low rates. Um, and so, cause I'm just really proud of it because it's something, the truth is it, it's related to the question today because I honestly started the, um, literature Academy because I said, I want to create something that's really like B to C, but then also it's a business, you know, because the challenges are all free. The Facebook groups, my goodie emails, they were all free and they were amazing and they still are free and amazing, but I wanted to create a business of service and the literature Academy is my opportunity to do so. And what it allows me to do is it allows me to continue to give more than 80% of what I do away for free while still being able to hire other brown women, you know, still being able to like run this dope business, still being able to like give so much. And so, um, yeah, if you want to be a part of the academy and like I said, it's only like 10 bucks a month, under 10 bucks a month, it's like 22 cents a day or something like that. Um, it's um, joinlra.com and I hope to see you inside. All right. We'll go enjoy the rest of your congrats on the launch. Thanks. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. Say hey to Jersey City for me. I will. This place is so cute. I have to say, another win is this Airbnb. Mandy, honestly, this is one of those beautiful brownstones. It is gorgeous. You need to go to Choco Pond French Bakery. Listen mm. to me. Oh, what is my old street called? I forgot what my old street Jersey Avenue. It's okay. right by the Grove Street uh, station. Anyone listening in Jersey, you can go. Also, to that Brandon Bishop listener I saw on the train that day, you should go. Choco Pond, <laughs> the best croissant, the best French pastry, the best coffee. Go. Okay, Delicious. I will. <laughs> All okay. right, until next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.